this weekend. Join Vision CEO Phil Edwards for Sunday Morning Together. Each week, Phil is joined by pastors from across Australia as they minister to us all. Communion, conversation, encouragement and a smorgasbord of great songs help us focus on God's character and promises. Sunday Morning Together with Phil Edwards on Vision and on demand every Sunday in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Unchallenged fact of the universe. We don't like to share. It's not in our nature to share. We want it for us. And if they don't have it, that's too bad for them. And we can be that way as Christians. But when we share the love of Christ, their lives can improve and so can ours. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us step up and speak out. We got to get out there with the message of the gospel because only the gospel can change the course of a life. You know it's true because it happened to you. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Certain words can be freeing, like you're forgiven, or the debt has been cancelled or you've been found not guilty. The gospel includes all those words. We've been forgiven of our sin because Jesus paid our debt and took our guilt upon himself. Those words of freedom can't be kept to ourselves. And today on A New Beginning, we'll see the importance of sharing that good news with those who need freedom. Romans 9, we have the Apostle Paul who was burdened for his fellow Jews. He was a Jew. He came to believe in Jesus as his Messiah. And he had a heart for his other Jewish brothers and sisters who had not believed yet. He wanted them to come to Christ. And Paul makes an amazing statement. He basically says he would be willing to go to hell if other people could go to heaven. Let's read Romans 9 verses 1 to 3. Again I'm reading from the New Living Translation. With God as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, that is cut off from Christ, if that would save them. This is an amazing statement from Paul. Again, he's effectively saying, I would go to hell if others could go to heaven. (laughs) I'm so thankful we don't have to trade our salvation for someone else's. I'm so thankful the price has been paid by Jesus at the cross for my salvation, for your salvation, and for the salvation of any other person who believes. But it shows how much Paul cared when he said, I would give up my own eternal hope if my fellow Jews would believe. He reminds us a lot of Moses. Of course, Moses was directed by the Lord to take the Jewish people out of captivity in Egypt and lead them to the promised land. Well, as they're on their way there, the Lord summons Moses to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. And there in tablets of stone, the finger of God wrote those great 
commandments down. Now Moses left Aaron in charge. Aaron was like the worst babysitter of all time because literally all hell broke loose under Aaron. He was really irresponsible. It reminds me years ago, uh, Christopher, our oldest son, was watching his younger brother, Jonathan. I don't remember his exact age. I think Christopher was probably around 14 and Jonathan was around four. And so we said, now, you know, take care of your brother and we'll call and check on things. And we drove an hour away. So I called the house and expecting Christopher to answer and Jonathan answers. Hello. Uh, hey, Jonathan, I get Christopher on the phone. He's asleep. Okay, go wake him up right now. Like, you know, it seemed like an eternity. A few seconds go by. He comes back, picks up the phone. He won't wake up. I said, okay, go over there and shake him really hard. He came back a few moments later. He won't wake up. I said, Jonathan, go hit your brother in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> now he's four years old. How much will it hurt? He did it. Christopher's still sleeping. When Christopher fell asleep, he really slept. So then I said, go pull his hair. He, that didn't work either. So I said, and you know, Jonathan can't get up to a sink at this point. I said, go get a cup, fill it with toilet water, <laughs> and throw it on his head. <laughs> Time went by, seemed like an hour, it's probably a minute. He won't wake up. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a four-year-old kid wandering around our house with no supervision. So we immediately head home and a friend of ours called the police department. They show up at our house. They bang on the front door. Christopher's still sleeping. They finally break open our garage door and, uh, and come in with flashlights and Christopher wakes up to two cops looking at him. So he was not a good babysitter on that particular night. <laughs> but Aaron was even worse. His responsibility, watch over the Israelites. So here comes Moses down from Mount Sinai and he hears this noise and it's a big party. And what does Moses see? A bunch of Israelites dancing around a golden calf naked. And Aaron sees Moses, think of Moses with the tablets. He sees him and he says, I know this looks bad. I can explain everything. And then one of the lamest excuses of all time, Aaron says, look, Moses, uh, I just, I told everyone, bring me your earrings and your, and your, you know, your rings and, and your grills and your everything, you know. And, and we threw it in the fire and a gold calf just appeared. So what else could we do but strip off our clothes and worship it? <laughs> yeah, that's not working. <laughs> now God says to Moses, I'm gonna judge these people and destroy them. Now this is interesting because earlier Moses got frustrated with the Jewish people and he said, I want you to judge these people. I'm so done with them. Now this time God says, I'm gonna judge them. And here's what Moses says to the Lord that reminds us of Paul. He says to the Lord in Exodus 32, Lord, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book that you've written. Moses passed the test. The Lord was never going to judge him. Moses had turned into an intercessor. This is what the Lord wanted him to do. And this is what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to care about people that don't know him. But we don't like to do this. We clam up. Or we, we're reluctant to do it. We don't like to share. Look, unchallenged fact of the universe, we don't like to share in general. Think about to your earliest days, a little child, you know, and you were told to share. You know, take a little toddler. 
They're just sitting there on the floor and you give them a nice shiny new toy. Here you go. They're so happy. They're playing with it. And then you say, share it. And they go from happiness to misery. They fight over it. They hit each other over it. Do we ever outgrow this? Have you ever been to a Black Friday sale? <laughs> People are assaulting each other at Target or Walmart or wherever to get that flat screen or whatever they're fighting over. We don't like to share. It's not in our nature to share. We want it for us. And if they don't have it, that's too bad for them. And we can be that way as Christians. I don't want to share. Well, God needs to change our heart. So we have the heart of an intercessor. Listen. Stop looking at non-believers as the enemy and understand they're not the enemy. They're under the power of the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 2.26, my prayer is that they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. It's great to have you joining us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting some important insight on sharing our faith with others, one of our most pressing responsibilities as believers. Let's continue. Look, I could talk all day to you about how to start a conversation about Jesus and answers to hard questions and other things, but none of that will matter if you don't have a concern and a burden for a person that is not yet a believer. You know, the Bible tells us when Paul was on Mars Hill and he looked at all this crazy paganism and worship of false gods, that his spirit was aroused, which means he was moved to anger. You know, sometimes it's okay to get ticked off righteously. There's righteous indignation. Well, you could look out at culture and say, I am just sick and tired of people being ripped off, especially young people, turning to drugs, taking their own lives at such young ages, having their lives ruined. We've got to do something about it. And what are we going to do? We've got to get out there with the message of the gospel because only the gospel can change the course of a life. You know it's true because it happened to you. I got a great little comment on my uh, Instagram page the other day. Someone just said, hey, just wanted to say thank you. On October 5th, 2014, you delivered a message at Harvest America. By the grace of God, I was live streaming it from a small church in Puerto Rico. Through that message, I invited Jesus into my life and he has totally changed my life. I hesitate to think what my life would look like today if it wasn't for your faithfulness to the call of God in your life. Thank you for being obedient. Now I get to live every day of my life with the king of the universe because you helped introduce him to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it's the gospel. <laughs> we can all do that. We all should do that. We all must do that. Let me close with an Old Testament story of four lepers. Now, back in those days, leprosy was a death sentence. If you had leprosy, you were gonna die for sure. So there's a story of where uh, the Israelites were under siege in their city, and the Assyrians had their camp not far away, and everyone was starving to death. There was no food. And these four leprous guys say, hey, you know what? Why sit here and starve to death? Maybe we can find some food somewhere. They actually said, why sit here till we die? 
Let's just go out and see what happens. If they kill us, they kill us. Or maybe they'll give us something to eat before they kill us. Who knows? Let's go. So they wander off and they come to the camp of the Assyrians and much of their shock, it's empty. And the reason it was empty is because the Assyrians heard this loud noise that sounded like an approaching army and they ran for the hills thinking it was the Israelites. But in reality, it was probably the angels of the Lord that they heard. But meanwhile, the tents are all set up and the tables are all there and there's food as far as the eye can see. All kinds of amazing food out on all of these tables. And so these four leprous guys are like chowing down. This is amazing. I love this. Hey, check this out. And, and all of a sudden it dawns on them. Wait, we can't do this. They actually said, this isn't right. This is a day of good news. And if we remain silent, uh, judgment will come on us. Let's go tell the others. So they returned back to the city and told the others and everyone was able to eat. And that can be us. That can be us here right now. We're feasting on God's Word. Learning more about the fact that God loves us and God is for us and God forgives us and God justifies us and God works all things together for good that happen in our lives and, and we're reflecting on these great truths and we're worshiping the Lord and then we go outside of these walls and it doesn't even occur to us to talk to somebody else. Well, I'm not really into evangelism. Are you into recommendation? You talk to people all the time about that movie you just saw or about your favorite TV show or this great song they've got to download or this great burger they have to try or this great place they have to go. You recommend stuff all day and all night long. Can't you recommend that someone believes in Jesus today? The greatest way to show your love for someone is to tell them about Jesus Christ because He loves them. And the greatest way I could show you I love you today is by telling you about Jesus Christ. Because there are some that don't know Him. Maybe in this room. Maybe in one of our campuses. Uh, we're watched by people all around the country and all around the world when we do our services. I know because they comment on Facebook Live and other places, our website. And so I know that there are people watching and listening. And, and I don't know who these people are, but I think about this guy in Puerto Rico, you know? Some guy I'll probably never meet. Maybe I will. I hope I do. That hears the gospel and it changes their life. And they're following Jesus. And so I'm just saying to a guy like that, a girl like that, a young person right now that's literally been thinking about taking their life, you're that despondent? talking to someone who's older right now that doesn't even know what their life is for anymore. They've, they've lost the will to live. Talking to somebody else right now that's in the throes of drug abuse or alcoholism and you don't think you'll ever get free. Talking to somebody else right now who has a marriage that's falling apart, a spouse that's betrayed him. Talking to an elderly person right now that is afraid to die and they don't know what's going to happen on the other side. And I'm saying to all of you, wherever you are, Jesus Christ is the answer. And He loves you. And how do I know He loves you? He proved it. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He proved His love tangibly, not just with words. He showed it. 
And as I've often said, it wasn't nails that held him to that cross 2,000 years ago. It was love for you. And that same Jesus who died on the cross rose again from the dead three days later and he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and if you hear his voice and if you'll open that door, he'll come in. Now you might ask, what do you mean open the door? Is there like a little door in my heart here somewhere? No, no, I don't mean that. I'm speaking metaphorically. The idea is just say to Jesus, all right, I need you in my life. I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of fighting with you. I didn't know you loved me. I didn't know you were for me. I thought you were against me. I didn't know that you love to bless people. I, I, I didn't know any of that. But I want to know you now personally and he will come into your life and forgive you of your sin. And if you've not asked him in yet, ask him in right here, right now. We're going to pray and I'm going to extend an opportunity for you to put your faith in Jesus and know that you'll go to heaven when you die. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and making such a great sacrifice and then rising again from the dead three days later and you're here, ready to come into the heart of any man or woman who will call out to you, help them to come to you and receive forgiveness from you now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if today's message has inspired you to want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. 
Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you, we'd like to send you some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. So get in touch and ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, more from Pastor Greg's rewarding series in the book of Romans called Relentless Grace. We'll see how the gospel is a message that brings hope to every generation. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Too Good to Keep to Yourself. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.